You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. What the title of my message is, The Love of a Mother. And how fitting, like I have my wife who's here, and then I have my mom who's here. So I'm pretty stoked on that. And, um, you know, the, the scripture that I'm, that I'm going to speak from is Isaiah 6, 8. And I'm sure a lot of you have heard that. But um, it, it goes like this. It says, also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. When I think of that, you know, that was, that was the prophet, prophet Isaiah responding to the voice of the Lord saying, you know, um, I heard this voice and asking, who shall we send? And responding and saying, well, here I am, send me. And when I thought of that, I was like, man, what more of a fitting verse to talk about moms than that? Because moms, they, they, like, they, 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 they lay their life down literally every day for their children. You know, whether they, whether they feel like they want to or not, because there's all kinds of different situations, right? There's all kinds of, there's some, there's some pregnancies that are, that are wanted, there's some that are unwanted, but the re- reality is, is as a mom, you lay your life down every day for your child. And I thought like, there's no greater physical representation of the love that God had for us, sending his best for our worst, sending Jesus Christ for us, no greater physical representation than moms on this earth. So I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna tell a little bit of like my story. And uh, you know, as you know, my wife and I have been married 22 years, she's been a mom now. Yes, woo, April. We just got back from the marriage retreat. We're gonna have a marriage retreat next year, so make sure you get in on that thing. Sew into your marriage, but you don't need to go to a marriage retreat to sew into your marriage. Spend time with your wife, do something, connect. I'm talking to myself too, so not just you. It's cool. Um, but I'm just going to tell a little bit of, little bit of my story, my experience from my mom. I really feel like I had an awesome, an awesome mom. I, I still, she's still awesome. She's still totally awesome. But I look back on, on our childhood and, and, you know, if, if you ask my mom, she'd say it probably wasn't how I'd have wrote, written the script. You know, it probably isn't, if I, if I could have done it over, if I, if, if, if things could have gone differently, it's probably not, probably not the way that, that we wrote it out. You know, my parents got divorced when I was, I think, was I fifth grade, right? Like 86, 85? 87, I was two years off almost. Okay, thanks, Mom. Moms know, and moms know everything. You know, that's, that's the good thing about it. But, you know, they got divorced um, pretty early on. So, let's see, I was born in 76, so I was like 10, 11 years old. You know, and, and obviously not, and, and divorce doesn't just happen like that day. You know, like there's stuff that leads up to it. And, you know, when I'm young, you know, you don't know what's really going on totally. And, you know, good parents shelter their kids from things that are not good, you know. And, um, you know, when I look back and I go, I go, like I said, probably not the way my, my mom would have written it out. She probably would have written it out like we have a loving relationship forever, raise up our kids in the house of God, do all this stuff. And we have awesome children who then go on and repeat and do the same. But that wasn't the script that she got in 1987, which started, started earlier than that. You know, I look at her and I go, she had a choice. You know, she could have played victim. She could have stepped, she could have like, she could have stepped back and just relied on family to kind of take care of us and do all that stuff. But you know what, she didn't. What she taught me was the value of hard work and the value of building a foundation. You know, so, and I'll just, I'll just share a little bit on that. Like, I didn't realize it at the time and, you know, Mom, if I'm just, if, if it's too much, just say stop. 
You know, if she starts crying, someone get her some tissues. If I start crying, someone get me some tissues. All right, you know, that's what we do. But, uh, <laughs> thanks, Warner. But, um, but I look back and I go, so my mom had to instantly go into the workforce. She, all she wanted to do, because she came from a broken family. She came from a family where her dad was pretty much not there, just saw, her, saw him like, you know, he sent money, he supported the family monetarily, but he didn't really support in the physical, you know, which how many of you all know that, that there's no substitute for presence? Like your actual presence, there's no substitute. You can put all the money you want, but if, the, if your presence isn't there, there's no substitute for it. But I look at it and I go, so she, she, you know, she always wanted this family because her family was, was broken. But she and her sisters were awesome. Like they were on fire. They loved Jesus. Like they were going to church all the time. They were, they, they just, it, it was cool to see how they kind of had some, you know, I've heard the stories how they had like some sheltering because of what they desired. Not because of the example necessarily that was set for them, but they, they, they caught a fire and fell in love with Jesus. And it kind of changed their life. But all she wanted was to be a mom. She didn't, she didn't want to go into like the workforce really. Like she wanted to be a mom and raise a family and have this family, the very thing that she didn't have. So fast forward to, you know, now that family's broken. Our family is now, is now broken. Now it's on her. And my dad was a cool dude. I love my dad as, as jacked up as some of the things he did. Um, I learned a ton from him. He's not with us and he died in 97. I learned a ton from him. It's funny how you can learn a lot from people who have, you know, areas of pretty significant brokenness, right? So by no means am I disrespecting my dad. I love my dad. I learned a lot from him. But again, not the way she would have written the script. But she could have relied on family. She could have just started getting welfare. She could have started getting a bunch of other stuff. Oh, and by the way, I'm the oldest of three boys, one of the youngest of which has, has special needs, has autism. And in the 80s, autism wasn't fun. You know, like it's, it's not fun anytime, but the way they treated things was like totally different. You know, it was like totally different. The way people were treated that had mental illness were totally different back then. So that, so not only that, not only did you have like an absentee kind of father thing, you had a, a mother who had to take care of three boys, one of which with pretty significant special needs. And she could have like, she could have relied on government assistance and other people's assistance, but she dug her heels in. She dug her heels in. She took... Yeah, yeah. She took, she, she worked for the, the college. Um, this was up in San Luis Obispo. I was from the Central Coast. Anybody from 805? Anybody 805 area code? Dang it, man. Struck out. All right. Sorry. It was worth a try. Usually you get like one. Okay. But anyways, so she worked at the college for years. Make it, you know, not making a lot of money. You know, I think it was like $17,000, $18,000 a year raising three kids trying to provide. You know, and it's like, and it's like, I remember seeing that when I was younger and always going like, man, I just wish we had more. You know, because you're, when you're a kid, you don't know how to look at things. You're kind of selfish, you know, like I just want a billabong shirt or something, you know. And so I'd, I'd like guilt my poor mom into like having to buy me billabong stuff instead of like, you know, going to Kmart. It wasn't even Walmart then. Or maybe there was. I think it was in like, I don't know, Minnesota or something. That's a guess. It's a guess. Wherever Walmart started. I don't know if they were around in the 80s. Were they around in the 80s? Anybody? I don't think so. Were they? Yes? How many say yes? Okay, it's, it's scientific. They were in the 80s. They just weren't where I lived. Okay, cool. But you know, and then poor, my poor mom had to like, you know, credit card debt and all this stuff to try to provide for, for us the things that we wanted, you know, because she, she didn't make enough money to afford the lifestyle that we wanted. 
but she still like tried to make it happen, you know? But I saw a woman who laid her life down literally every day. And it's funny how things, you don't recognize what you have. And maybe this, maybe part of this message is for you to like, if you haven't seen it, or if you're currently in it and you don't see it, you don't recognize what you have until you kind of like step away, you know? And, and I look back and I go, so my stepping away was I joined the Coast Guard in 1995 and I went to boot camp. Boot camp is the best thing to, to like love your parents, you know? Cause like you think that you don't have freedom when you live at home. I tell you what, you do not have freedom when you're in boot camp. You know, you're like, oh, you tell me when I can go to the bathroom. You tell me when I can get out of bed. You tell me when I go to bed. You tell me when I eat. You tell me which way to walk. You tell me how to walk. You tell me when I can talk. Okay, I understand now. I get it. Okay, ding, 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 ding. This went off. But I just remember, and then my mom was, she always like made stuff happen. You know, she always was able to, even though like the finances weren't there, like, she was there for my graduation. Graduation's in freaking Cape May, New Jersey. That's like as pretty much as far as you can go other than Rhode Island. And it's like, and you got to take a ferry to get there. It's ridiculous. But she came out and, you know, she's super proud. And I was super proud to have her. And I just remember like telling her, and you can tell me if I'm lying. I don't think I'm lying. I can't remember the exact conversation. But mom, I thank you. I, I love you. And I appreciate you so much for all the things that you did that I never even like thought to have appreciation for. You know, the sacrifice, the continual laying down of her life for us kids, the, the giving up on what, you know, her individual dreams were, even though it looked like that dream of like having that whole complete family was shattered, she still pushed for it. She still pushed hard for it, you know. Um, so yeah, it's good. I'm, I love the claps. The claps are great. This, this is awesome. Fredo, you're the best, man. This is awesome. So I look, I look at a person who built a foundation, you know, I look at a person who, who, who didn't take the easy road, who took the hard road, who embraced it, you know, who probably cried herself to sleep sometimes at night. You know, I remember this, this is how bad I was. Check this out. My mom, and she, I don't know if she remembers it, but my mom was like, um, she used to, my, so her, both of her sisters are missionaries. One of them was in Venezuela. Not anymore. Things went a little crazy, but they're there for like 30 years. Um, and then the other one was a missionary up in um, British Columbia. Is that right? British Columbia? Alberta. Yeah, cool. Saskatoon. Yeah. I think it's still British Columbia, I think. Or Canada. Just kidding. It's Canada. I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but so, so, so she, what was I just saying? I just completely lost my train of thought. Yeah, two sisters, missionaries. How bad I was. Yes. So she, yeah. Thank you. Man, Isaac, it's like a combo preach, man. This is great, dude. You're going with me every, anytime I have a mic in my hand, dude. Coming to de develop. I love it, man. That guy's good. So she would give money to new tribes missions. So she tithed. You know, she tithed. We didn't make a lot of money. You know, and, and I remember, like, I, when I got old enough, like, I could see, like, that was the old days where you'd, like, write a check, and then it'd have, like, the imprint. And you could see after the check was already sent, and there's the imprint. And I remember seeing it, and I was like, Mom, you're giving, like, 100 bucks a month to, like, new tribes What's up with that? I'm like, we don't even have like, we got like powdered milk. What's going on, you know? I remember like getting on her, like, like trying to get her like not to tithe. You know, I was like, dude, she's like, get behind me, Satan. You know, no, she didn't say that. But imagine like hearing that. I was like, so that gives you an idea. Like I was pretty good most of the time, but every once in a while I'd give in to what the evil one wanted me to say. Not no more. 
Forget that guy. Don't listen to that guy. He's lame. And you have a choice. But I look at, I look, so that just kind of gives you an idea of like, like, so she was facing opposition in the world and then also opposition right at home, you know, from, from her oldest son, you know. So I didn't even know it at the time, but I look at like the faithfulness of her. So we talked about foundation. We talked about not doing the easy thing. Then I talk about like faithfulness, like her faithfulness to continue to tithe and to continue to, to put like resource that she didn't have. You know, that money could have easily gone somewhere, put that money into, into God's kingdom, into what she felt led to do. And then, so then like fast forward now, and I look at, and it was so awesome because uh, my mom and Greg, so Greg's my, uh, my stepdad. Yes, I always forget that. Like, is it father-in-law? Father-in-law's your dad. Stepdad is him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Got it. So they got married like 13, 14 years ago. Is that right? Close? Oh, man, I'm striking out. 17 years ago. I should have done my homework. Next time you get a mic in your hand, do your homework, guys. You know, so you don't have to get corrected so much. All right, 17 years, man, that's a long time. It seems like just yesterday. But I was so happy when my mom met him, and it's like I saw, like, I saw this completeness coming back. You know, I saw this, like, this, like, completeness coming back, and then, and then I saw, like, finance come in to, like, their lives, and I see, like, how they live now, and I mean, like, I mean, they're not like Donald Trump Jr. or nothing, but I mean, they, they, they get to visit their family. They get to take, my mom just got back from Vietnam with my youngest brother, the one, that, the one that has autism. They just spent 12 days in Vietnam, 10 days in Vietnam, traipsing through, going through VC tunnels and rice patties and eating a bunch of food that gives you indigestion. And <laughs> praise the Lord, they didn't get indigestion. So it was good. But so I just look at that faithfulness and how it pays off. And, you know, you don't always get to choose when it pays off. You don't always get to choose when your faithfulness pays off. You know, but I know there's a, there's a, there's a verse that goes, and I'll probably butcher it a little bit, but uh, train, up your, train up your children in the ways of the Lord, and when they're older, they shall not depart from it. I'm going to tell you right now, I am living proof of that. Like, I promise you, living proof of that. See, she's standing because she knows. She knew me before I was living for God. She's like, yes, you are. So, and, and I guess maybe this is kind of an encouragement to you moms, you dads, parents out there, that we don't always know when that harvest comes. I would like to tell you that the harvest of that verse will just be that your kids will never depart, that they'll just never depart from it, that they'll just always live this life that's like great, that is always sold out for God. But, but that wasn't my story. Even though like my mom got me to go to church, she, she tried to raise me really well in a good Christian foundation. I knew who Jesus was, you know, but the reality is, is like my, I was taken in by some of the worldly stuff. And as soon as I got a license, I didn't go to church anymore. You know, I was like, oh, I'm out unless, unless it's Mother's Day. How many, okay, just, just, I, I'm going to go here. How many people are here because it's Mother's Day? Anybody? Dudes, sons and daughters. I used to go probably five I did five times because by that time I was in the military. But that's when moms call their cash their chips in. They're like, it's Mother's Day. You got to go. And they'd be like, last time you went was Mother's Day or Easter, maybe. You know what I mean? So I was that dude. But what I'm saying is raise up your child in the way of, way of the Lord. And when they're older, they shall not depart from it. And I look at like the harvest and I'm not bragging about myself, or, but, but my, my brothers are pretty solid. You know, like my youngest brother who has autism has been living on his own since he was 18. You know what I mean? Like, 
It's pretty awesome, you know? And then I look at, I look at my middle brother, um, who's just a couple years younger than me, and he's like the one who really kind of pushed me to start living for God. And I was like, dude, what are you talking about? You're a loser, man. Why would you do that? You know, like, what is going on? And little did I know, you know, when we started facing a crisis, who did I call? I called my brother. You know, in a crisis, I called my brother, and he's like, let me hook you up with these people. Started talking. They helped, helped us through a really difficult time in our life. And I tell you, if that, had that not happened, I don't know where I'd be today. You know, I definitely wouldn't be talking to you. You know, so, so I look at, like, the harvest of that. So my encouragement to you parents out there is just continue to live godly principles, to live for God, to lift up your children, to pray for you. Maybe all you can do for your kids is pray. Let me tell you something. That's a lot. That's a lot. Because you will reap a harvest. You will reap a harvest of it. So we talked about um, foundation. We talked about faithfulness. And then I just, I just want to talk for just a minute just about what it is that, that moms do um, every day. I get to see my wife be a mom, you know, for the last nearly six years now. Um, we have two children, Jackson, who's five and a half. Well, no, he's not five and a half. He's almost six. Five, he's like, August, he'll be six. So what's that, like five years, eight months, something like that? Math, not my strong suit. Nothing is my strong suit. Okay, fair enough. Just kidding. Jack of all trades, master of none. All right, fair enough. I'll take it. So when we got a little girl, she's uh, four in probably four months. Yeah, it's May. She's late January. Okay, sorry, stop yelling at me. Goodness gracious. I keep looking at her for approval. She's like, dude, you're the one with the mic. Like, what, what's going on, you know? But I see how, I see how uh, Leandra does it day in and day out. And I'm, and I'm, you know, I don't do a good enough job of, like, encouraging her and, and, um, and celebrating his preach. Great encouragement, babe. And celebrating her because the reality is, is like we all like we all have that. We all are here because of a mom. You know, that's the reality. We all are here because of a mom. And like I see what she does day in and day out with the kids. You know, and we have we have fun kids. They're awesome. You know, they're really awesome, really fun, a little crazy, little 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 defiant. Little, little defiant. We're working on it. We say, you know what you say when you have like super defiant kids who don't listen? You say, they're going to be leaders. We're raising leaders. <laughs> when someone says that, that's code for we don't know what the heck to do. We're just trying to work it out. <laughs> All right? So we are raising leaders, and that stuff's working out. But I don't know what to do. So if you have some ideas, you can go ahead and tell me. It's cool. <laughs> I've never been a parent before. It's great. We're doing it. Hey, they know a couple of Bible verses, though, so that's pretty awesome. You know, come on. My daughter always says when I go to work, because I work here at the church, she's like, Daddy, go kick the devil in the booty. I was like, you got that right, babe. She does say that. It's the best. Kick his, kick his booty. You know, it's, it's hilarious. They're great, but I see, like, I see how, you know, what she's done in building the self-esteem in our kids. And let me tell you, it, it, it's intentional, but there's no way it could happen if she didn't know who she was as a woman of God. I'm just telling you right now. I was just telling her the other day, I was like, and, you know, please excuse me, but I'm, I'm going to go here for a sec. So we're, we had the marriage retreat, and there's a, there's a pool, right? And... 
and seeing how my wife like acts, you know, when she walks, she, and she'll tell you, she's like, my, I'm not perfect. You know, like my body is not by worldly standards, not perfect, but she doesn't walk around like ashamed of it. You know what I mean? Like, she doesn't flaunt, but she's not ashamed of it. And this is an encouragement for all you ladies out here. There is nothing more attractive than confidence. Okay. Nothing more attractive than confidence. So I, I don't care what the world says or what the garbage that has been put into your head, you're beautiful. God loves you. Are, you. are you the best you that you can be? I don't know. I don't know. But God loves you how you are. He loves you how you are. He, he doesn't want you to walk around with guilt and shame. He doesn't want you making sure that you're covered so no one sees anything. Who cares? Forget about him. Forget about him. Recognize that you are a child of God, that he loves you so much. He loves you so much that he chose you to be the representation of his love on earth. Okay? So I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully that kind of speaks something into you, you know? We don't, it's, life's too short to walk around with guilt and shame, especially, especially because we've based it on a standard that the enemy has influenced our worldly thinking to measure yourself against. All right? Man, I don't know. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I wasn't planning on saying that, but... We went there. But the, the, the last thing I'd like to talk about is, I know not every, every relationship is perfect. I know that there's some of you that are in here that have a broken relationship with your mom that might have been abused by your mom that may not even have a mom. But here's what I want to tell you. Um, you know, the, I, I want to talk for just a second about bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness and what it does to you. You know, I love the way Pastor Jurgen says it. He says, uh, having unforgiveness towards someone is like you drinking poison and expecting that the other person will get sick. And look, I'm not trying to minimize your situation. I'm not, and by no means does forgiving somebody imply that what they did was okay. By no means does it. But what I want to provide you with today is an opportunity to release it to release that bitterness, to release that resentment, to release that unforgiveness towards your mom or seriously towards anybody else. It might not be a, it might not be a, a mother type relationship, but I'm telling you, the longer that you hold it, that you let that stuff be inside of you, it's toxicity and you're giving the enemy a foothold. And if you don't believe that the enemy is alive and well, just look at the world that we live in. And I'm not a naysayer. I, I, I love, I, we are here for this time. I'm not a doom and gloom guy like, oh, we're all going to hell in a hand. I'm not, no, 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 no. We're bringing heaven to earth. Like, here's the deal. Every one of, uh, every one of us is called to bring heaven to earth. The reality is, though, if you hang on to that stuff, it's going to be hard to utilize you to your maximum extent possible to bring heaven to earth. Okay, like God's the one, he commissioned us to do it. Go out and make disciples. Like that's every single one of us has that great commission on us. So let's just, just, I just want to get quiet just for a second before the Lord and just, just, just if you could just search your heart right now and just, just say, you can say a simple prayer like, um, you know, uh, uh, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I submit my life to you. Lord, reveal to me anyone that I have bitterness, that I have resentment towards, or unforgiveness towards. Holy Spirit, illuminate that person right now, or those people right now. 
And just, 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 let that, just let that sit for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 I'm sure people are coming to people's minds right now. And then in a moment, I'm, I'm going to lead you in a prayer to release that. You have the opportunity to release that right now. The enemy is going to come in and tell you, like, it's not real. You didn't forgive him. Forgiveness is a choice. It's not a feeling. If our feelings were in charge of our lives, I'd be in prison right now. Because there's people I've wanted to hurt really bad. But I don't do what my feelings tell me to do. I choose to do what I want to do. And right now, you can choose to forgive, to release resentment, and to release bitterness over anyone who's wronged you. It doesn't even have to make sense why the name's coming up, but you can release it. So just repeat after me. If that's you, just repeat after me. Say, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I release all bitterness, all resentment, and all unforgiveness towards anyone that has harmed me, that has hurt my soul, that has said bad things about me, that has abused me physically, or that has done anything that has caused me distress. And I want you just to take 30 seconds, and in your own head, you can name those people off. Just remind the enemy, this is forgiving and releasing bitterness and resentment is about the most powerful thing that you can do. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I bind the voice of the enemy right now that says it's too bad what happened to you. You can't do it. It's too bad. I bind your power in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Awesome. There's one more thing I'd like to do. And uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't take a moment to provide you with the opportunity to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. You don't have to understand it all. You don't, you don't have to know everything. But I can tell you right now that God loves you so much that he gave his best for your worst. Absolutely. If it was just you, Jesus would have still done it. He would have still went to the cross. But I just want you to think right now and just know, like, have I ever committed my life or, 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 or called Jesus Christ my Lord and my Savior? And just search your heart. And you'll know if it's you or not, because your heart's probably racing or you want to run out of here. But please don't run out of here right now. You're here for a reason. So if that's you, if, if you've never called Jesus your Lord and Savior, or if maybe one time you did, but you just feel that you're far away, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hands. One, Jesus loves you. Number two, he would, have, he would have done what he did if only it was you. Number three, if that's you, lift your hand right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I see that hand right there. 
Jesus, Jesus. Search your heart right now. This could be the moment. You may not get this opportunity again. I don't mean to be grim, but the reality is if you don't know where you're going when you leave this earth, then you need to raise your hand right now. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I see that hand right there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, we're going we're gonna to say a prayer. Um, and this is a powerful, this is the most powerful prayer that you can say. And I would like for the whole congregation to join us when we say that prayer. Just repeat after me. Lord God, I thank you that you love me so much that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for me. I thank you, Lord, that I am forgiven, that I am your son, that I am your daughter. From this day forward, I commit my life, whatever it looks like right now, I commit it to you. I make you my Lord, and I make you my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com. 